Cats Andromeda, the most popular group in the galaxy today. They have an incredible influence over young people, Buck. It's amazing. Sounds like the Beatles. The Who? No, not the Who, the Beatles. It was a group that was popular around my time. <sighs> well, Andromeda is quite a phenomenon, Buck, and possibly a disturbing problem as well. Problem why? Captain Rogers. Data has shown that within minutes of an Andromeda concert broadcast from Music World, there is a 55% surge in youth crimes. Frankly, we're puzzled and more than a little concerned. But I understand there were similar problems in your time. Well, not really. Usually music gave kids something to believe in, to identify with. It was a powerful force, but a good one. And now for part three of our three-part look. And listen at Galactic Rock with guest Lee McCormick. ago you mentioned um great songwriters i brought to mind neil young who we need to touch on a little bit and uh, it's funny how neil there's a number of songs where he will just throw in a little bit of like about aliens or whatever and you're like yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> where'd that come from i think that happens in cortez but this is off the top of my head so i'd have to double check to see if there's something there but in after the gold rush the song uh, he has the line, I dreamed I saw the silver spaceships flying in the yellow haze of the sun. Well, I dreamed I saw the silver spaceships flying in the yellow haze of the sun. There were children crying and colors flying all around the chosen ones. All in a dream, all in a dream. You know, that's not the first or last incidence of having uh, Neil get into sort of the sci-fi realm. And uh, I have the album here. Let me just pull it out. I want to say 82, but I'm thinking it's 1983. We get the album Trans from Neil on Geffen Records, where he's using a, a vocorder for a good portion of the lyrics. Anyway, it's a great album. It's so underrated, and people certainly didn't know what to make of it at the time but uh he has songs like computer age on it we are in control transformer man um computer cowboy and uh, sample and hold and, and a redone version of mr soul with the uh the, the, the vocorder voice on it and it all sounds so sort of uh you know futuristic and on the cover there's like a an old 50s car with a hitchhiker 
and beside it there's like this modern like super it's a it's an illustration not a photo but this car that looks like a, a streamlined delorean or something uh and a, a guy who looks like he's just like a digital grid person hitchhiking as well so uh, sort of neil doing his thing for all of us in genre back in the early 80s favorite tracks from trans that's one of my favorites i love sampling old computer age uh uh transformer man it's like half of it is almost like acoustic right and the other half is like very uh electronic yeah I love that one even the couple the one before it too it was uh maybe a couple before hawks and doves has a song called lost in space on yeah it. yeah but yeah it's not really it's not really about sci-fi but the title is lost in space right <laughs> yeah that's right and I think at one point he has this like weird little, it's not computerized. It feels like it's like an octave higher or something that, that says a line. And I can't remember what it is. Out on the ocean floor, out on the ocean floor. What could be stranger than the unknown danger lies on the ocean floor? Yeah. Neil's always pretty cutting edge. Like, you know, you, you would think that in some ways, like he and Bruce are very like, you know, of the earth, like, like just real tangible people, right. Um, with their plaid and, um, but, uh, Neil's not afraid to get into some weird territory there. That's for sure. And he actually yeah, did that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, uh, exploring technology too, right. You got to re- realize this is early eighties and he was, uh, you know, being influenced by bands like Devo, some of the new wave stuff using uh, vocoders, different way to communicate drum machines and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at our list. We have like a ton of stuff. We can probably do a full season <laughs> that was just, just covering some of the stuff. Uh, I'll just touch quickly on, on some of them. Then um, I had uh, from the seventies had uh, rocket man by Elton John. And by the way, I love William Shatner's reading of that. Uh, like I don't, at first I, I remembered it as being sort of ironic, but actually find it a very touching uh, delivery that he does. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm going to be high as a kite by then. 
missed my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a timeless flight. brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a rocket man. Frankenstein by Edgar Wintergroup is one of my all-time instrumentals, favorite instrumentals, rock instrumentals. Um, I saw him just recently with Ringo Starr and his all-star band up at Rama. And they did this, and it it's like it, it felt like a bucket list moment seeing this live. Not only does he play the keyboards on it, he does a sax solo on it, and then yeah. he does a, he does a drum solo on it with with the timbales, right? Yeah, yeah, it's nuts, um, and it sounded so good. And also, I'm thinking, how old is he right now? And he's like wearing his keyboard around his neck, you know, like that would kill me on a good day. Like I don't know, and he's a he's a massively tall man, or at least he seems to be. Yeah, plus he's an albino. Those guys are from outer space, right? <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what that's what it is, and that probably goes into like us talking about Plateau. Uh, so, yeah, which is a little bit of our. We, we usually have a Beatles connection here because I'm such a Beatles head. But um, when the when calling occupants of interplanetary craft came out in 1976. Um, people were saying that they thought that Klaatu was the Beatles, that they were, because there was no picture of the band on the album. So, and it's on, it's on Capitol records, man. So, so it must be the Beatles, even though it sounds nothing like the Beatles, especially what, what the solo Beatles were doing at the time. Um, Anyway, we get that track, which is a pretty cool track. And certainly in, in that, the band is named after the character from the day the earth stood still and that they have this like whatever it is seven or eight minute epic about uh making contact uh it's got to be considered for one of the most sci-fi songs of all time in your mind you have capacities you know to telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think upon the recitation we're about to say. Calling occupants. 
We also had a cover of that in 1977 by the Carpenters, which became a hit. Uh, I, I know I don't suspect it's really like this thing that is really going to like appeal to you a lot. But any thoughts on that song, Lee? I don't. I don't even know that song. I know the album. The album's got a picture of like a sun on it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen the album so many times in like record stores and in people's collection, but I actually couldn't recall it right now. Okay. Well, well then, fair enough. Uh, and then we, here's sort of our just point form of of a ton of stuff through the seventies. Come sail away by Sticks, Spaceship Superstar by the Canadian band Prism. Cool note on that that we have is that um, on March 6, twenty eleven, the song was chosen as the wake up song for the Spaceship Shuttle Discovery, um, and this was the last. Um, last day that the crew of Discovery and the International Space Station were together before Discovery returned to Earth in the very last mission for Discovery. sort of uh, don't want to mention Mr. Roboto by Sticks, but I guess it belongs on our list. (laughs) Um, By the way, speaking of Sticks, I do love the Eric Cartman version of Come Sail Away from South Park. was in the band then i think uh and then just a little sort of sidebar on some more stephen king related things um the the welsh band the alarm in 1984 did a song called the stand which is all about the book it's got all the characters referenced uh acdc gave us who made who in 1985 from maximum overdrive and uh the ramones did a killer version of the theme song for Pet Cemetery in 1989. Buried in a bed, 
Anything to say about those ones there, Lee? Uh, yeah, I love all those bands, all those songs. Uh, speaking of the Ramones uh, doing Pet Cemetery, that's, that's a great story that they, you know, uh, Stephen King wanted the Ramones to do the song for, for his, his movie. So he invited them to his house for dinner. And I believe he told them kind of the plot of the, the, of the movie. And Dee Dee went down in the basement and he wrote that song in like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So I, think, I think that's pretty great. It's one of their best songs. And yeah. Speaking of Ramones' uh, horror movie songs, uh, one of my favorites by them is uh, "Chainsaw." Oh, off, so good. Off the first record, which is kind of uh, based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I love that Joey rhymes. He yes, changes, he changes massacre to massacre. Yeah, so yeah. Rhyme it with uh, he took my baby away from me. So yeah, yeah. Where you say massacre to massacre? I love. Uh-huh. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gave that a spin again today because I hadn't listened to it in ages, and like yeah. it was weird because it was like this gray area. I couldn't recall the song, so I pulled out the record, put it on, and that cracked me up so much. That pronunciation <laughs> of massacre. I made a note about that too. And you also included uh, "I am seeing UFOs," right? Oh, man, that song. Like I said, there was a couple that came right to mind when we talked about this topic, and that's definitely one of them. I love that song. It's off a DD solo album called uh, All Messed Up or something like that, or All Zonked. All Messed Up, I think it's called. And uh, yeah, DD Ramon's solo with Joey singing, and it sounds like a great Ramon song with, you know, Joey's one of the greatest singers ever, singing about uh, I'm seeing UFOs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's weird, you know, we got a lot of, like, in the 70s and early 80s, if if you were like a, a prog band, I guess in the 70s, there was a lot of sci-fi coming from prog bands. And and then as the 70s especially turned into the 80s, we got a lot of horror-related things coming from metal bands. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had a note about Iron Maiden here, where on their first album we have the song... Uh, the Prisoner, which David and I did a full show on the, the Prisoner, the TV show, which is is uh, there's a little excerpt of it from uh, that album, which I guess is uh, Number of the Beast, right? Yeah, that's uh, their third album, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one with uh, uh, Bruce. Dick, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, um, and um, recently, first album got Phantom of the Opera on it, actually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm saying recently because I'm an old an old fart. <laughs> recently to me means the year 2000. In the year 2000, uh, from their album uh, Brave New World, there you go again, we got the song The Wicker Man. And we just did an episode on the film The Wicker Man. Um, so yay, Iron Maiden. And the title track too, Brave New World, that's based on uh, some book or whatever the book, yep. right? Yeah, I'll just the thing about Maiden yeah, yeah. too I thought was uh, "Somewhere in Time" was their record from '86, which has got uh, "Caught Somewhere in Time," which is like a time travel song, and even the cover 
of that album has got Eddie uh, kind of, it's got, like it's almost like a, a blade. It's almost like a Blade Runner vibe to the front of the cover. And Eddie's like in this trench coat with this gun. It's oh. like a sci-fi vibe and it's uh, like a time travel kind of thing. Yeah. Those are some of the, uh, some of the best covers out there. Those Iron Maiden covers. Yeah. I wanted to mention too, in terms of like imagery, um, some, some great albums. Um, Ringo Starr's 1973 album, Good Night Vienna. Uh, it's a parody of the image from The Day the Earth Stood Still. So again, that's another Klaatu thing that we have coming back to the show. Uh, Boston's 1976 debut self-titled album uh, has that iconic cover design by Paul Shear and it's illustrated by Roger Heisen. Uh, so it's got the guitar-shaped spaceships and they're escaping and exploding uh, an exploding planet earth. And I mean, that's just classic, cl- classic rock album cover. Any of that you are some of your favorites, Lee, in terms of like rock covers. What about that, uh, that super tramp crime of the century? Oh yes. Remember that, that one with the, yeah. uh, this, the outer space and then the hands going through that grate or whatever. The- yeah. Yeah. And it always reminds me of the, uh, the phantom zone from, yeah, uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you it's know also what? Um, fragile, right? The um, by yes, the fragile LP had right, a nice yeah. cover of the whole Earth, and I think there was—I'm not sure it was an explosion or what was going on on the cover. Yeah, uh, I have to call it up. There were a couple of things, and we'll let me know when you get that, David. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I I wanted to mention uh, before we sort of push towards an end here. Um, I have this sort of under the category of one of these days, Alice pow zoom to the moon. And this is about uh, music that has been sent into space. Uh, In 1977, uh, Voyager was sent into deep space with two solid gold 12 inch albums. And they contain mostly classical music, but Chuck Berry's Johnny be good makes the cut. And, uh, you know, some people were pissed off about that. Like, yeah, you can't put rock and roll on there. And one of the responses was, like, rock and roll is music for adolescents. And uh, somebody, I think it was Carl Sagan, said, well, there's a lot of adolescents on the earth, so let's go with it. Um, uh, November 12, 1969, Apollo 12 was launched by NASA. And the astronauts had at least one mixed tape, which included Suspicious Minds by Elvis and Son of a Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield, which is... Two good tunes to have with you if you're going to leave the Earth, I think. Uh, in 2008, Across the Universe by the Beatles was beamed by NASA directly into space. You know, Troy, in all our excitement, we forgot to mention astronaut Chris Hadfield's rendition of David Bowie's Space Oddity aboard the International Space Station recorded in May of 2013. control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Lock your Soyuz hatch and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Commencing countdown engines on. Three, 
detach from station and may God's love be with you. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grave. of his rendition oh i think it was incredible it just gives me goosebumps uh to hear it or see it um and it just feels like the song was written for that moment um and who knew who knew you know chris hadfield guitar singing right space oddity who could have (laughs) figured that this guy was a star in three different areas I know. And I always wondered too, like, what did the the NASA folks think, you know, you know, like everybody's like getting their space stuff on. It's like, and, and Chris Hadfield's packing gear. Like, it's almost like he needs roadies rather than the regular NASA guys, you know, it's like, Oh, you're bringing a guitar. Oh, okay. Then. Well, that may be part of Canadian astronaut training is the ability to play guitar and maybe four strong winds may be a requirement like if you can't play four strong winds on a guitar and sing it oh i'm sorry God. but you can't be in because that's one of those that's one of those songs that i think um neil young would sing at every yeah. one of his concerts because he loved it so much yeah it's a gradient and sylvia song and uh yeah it's one of those ones that that gives me gives me well, gives me chills for strong winds um yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite songs for sure. And one of the other things about Chris Hadfield is that Maple Leaf fans, and there are a few out there, uh, may recall the puck drop for the home opener of the Toronto Maple Leafs on January 21st, 2013. Do you remember that, uh, Troy? Well, in all honesty, I didn't remember it either. I don't know if I was working that night or I was in my uh, my sort of once a decade. I'm not watching any hockey moods um but it it was spectacular and uh, as you mentioned to me uh earlier that it was just like a brilliant decision you know on behalf of uh i guess leafs pr to 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 do this 
well, to connect with him, like it was home openers are not generally on January 21st of any year. They're in October kind of thing. So, or late September. So with that, I, I, and this was way before COVID, this was back in 2013. So it must've been a strike season and they came back and everyone was happy about coming back. They tied in with Chris Hadfield because he had just gone up in December of that year. And he's also the first Canadian to become the commander of the actual space station. And the concept of him holding the puck and getting the honorary, because it's a great moment to be the person who drops that puck at the first home opener of a hockey game. They always have some guest or some connection to that hockey team's past. Right. And to have him drop, and the idea of him dropping the puck on the space station, and of course, he lets go of the puck and it just hovers there. So, which is just beautiful because that ties in space and rock with him, of course, doing space odyssey. But then, of course, he has to grab it and throw it down, in which case they, they brought in Daryl Sittler, uh, Johnny Bauer, and Darcy Tucker to also in, be involved. And that was one of the great memorable moments of a home opener for, for those uh, diehard Maple Leaf fans who have been hoping against all hope. I mean, a man has walked on the moon, I think, 18 times. 18 different men have, or whatever the right. number is. Uh, or 16 have, you know, there have been all those missions to, you know, since July of 69, the least last one in, what was it in 67? Yep. It's been too long, but yep. maybe we've and, gone off topic. And well, <laughs> well, the thing is, and, and, you know, Americans have played golf on the moon, but who has dropped a puck, but our own Chris Hadfield. I just had a question for you guys. Like, what song would you want to beam into space if you could pick one? I, I, let's see, I have three here. And this was just off the top of my head. I had one was Fuck You by CeeLo Green, just because I thought, you know, if we're going to be honest about it, that's sort of a, a sentiment. And it's also uh, nice to have a little bit of a, an R&B groove going on. I, I Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis, because you have to have a, just a classic love song. And to me, that's like the epitome of, of that genre. Uh, it still gives me chills. And the other one is like pushing boundaries. I went for Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. Uh, what, what would you guys want to send out there to Intelligent Life? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll jump in for one while you think, uh, Lee. I would have Turn It On Again from Genesis from, I think it was the Duke album. Cause I've been listening to that more recently. And I was always a fan of Genesis, the various incarnations, the different versions and how they evolved and changed over the years. But that turn it on again, which I've seen some podcasts about how they actually created that song. And they tried to do it some years later, found it difficult because of how complicated and how it's somehow like 11, 12, whatever it is, there's just some, what they did to create that was difficult for them to even do again. Uh, but Turn It On Again would be one of the songs I would send out. I like to hear, uh, I like to hear Johnny Cash in space, like something from, oh, yeah. something from, something from the fifties, something like, uh, like Get Rhythm or Big River, like one of those yeah. record songs where it's just three guys and that sound, right? That, that sound, like that, the echo, the reverb, the sound of his voice. Imagine Johnny Cash's voice 
echoing in space. That would be incredible, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there should be some cash out there, and I would love, I'd love to hear Jackson. Yeah, I just think it would be great for any kind of alien uh, life to uh, hear the voice of Johnny Cash. I think that would be good. Yeah, and I love the dynamics of Jackson too. Like, it's just really cool that you have this couple, and there's like this tension. Like, it's like there's a sexual tension, and there's just all kinds of tension in that song, you know. Um, but one I think thing I would do is I would put in some jazz. Like, like if you're going to have all kinds of different kinds of music, it's in it in the space. One of the things that I think introduced us all to jazz was the Christmas of, of Charlie Brown Christmas back in the 60s with Vince Guaraldi and that Christmas time is here um, song. So I think that's a beautiful piece of music. Yeah, yeah I guess you're trying to you want to represent Earth, right? The humans, right? The, our, 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 the voice of a human. So. I don't know, you want to represent it with the best of the best, right? So, I don't know, put a Aretha Franklin song, put a Whitney Houston song, something that shows the voice like that too, right? Duke Ellington. Singing, singing uh, Star Spangled Banner. That's pretty incredible. There, there was actually a release in, in 1996, which I still have on cassette. Um, there was a compilation uh, record tying in with the X-Files called Songs in the Key of X. Um, and it was really cool because the tunes actually do really have the feel of that show. Um, mm. And it's, it featured musicians like uh, Frank Black, Shell Crow, Nick Cave, uh, William S. Burroughs. Um, I think I've got that on, yeah, I've got that on CD too, and I should see if I can find a vinyl version of it. Um, I thought I would be remiss if I did not share with all of our listeners um, as sort of a sidebar thing. There was an episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. First season, the episode's called Space Rockers. Uh, yeah, stars Jerry Orbach as a 25th century record producer who was planting subliminal messages in the music of his biggest act, Andromeda. The hidden messages caused teens to riot and do his bidding. Uh, until rock and roll loving Buck comes to the rescue. Uh, two notes uh, from the Buck Rogers wiki on this wiki. Sorry, wiki. I'm thinking Tweaky, the robot. Why don't you make like a fuse and blow? Uh, two notes from the Buck Rogers wiki uh, on this episode. Uh, they say that the song Andromeda, that's the band, plays in the episode, is an actual song called Odyssey Part One. It was released as a single in 1980. Long live rock and roll, Buck. <laughs> All right. Uh, the episode was named the worst science fiction episode ever by Internet Review of Science Fiction, which I find hard to believe because for me, we've said this in the past, like I enjoy a good B movie and I mean something that is entertaining. I don't care how quote unquote bad it is. But if it's, um, you know, entertaining, I'm happy. And this was an entertaining episode. David, is there anything you... Uh... Yeah, I wanted to do just a couple things real quick because um, I prepared some stuff just a, just a couple minutes or maybe sure. two minutes on... Sounds good. ...times when rock stars appeared in genre movies and TV. Uh, Mick Fleetwood appeared in 
a Star Trek Next Generation episode, you wouldn't recognize him because he was dressed up as almost like a fish-like kind of creature, almost like an Admiral Akbar kind of character. But Tom Morello, who was in a Voyager episode, well, he wasn't wearing any of that makeup stuff. So that was just Tom Morello. And one of the things I liked was a series called Sliders and Roger Daltrey appeared in an episode or two of Sliders uh, some years ago. But certainly over the years, there have been many uh, people uh, who have um, uh, stars who have appeared in science fiction, fantasy, or horror. And one thing I did copy was Eminem actually had a uh, song called Godzilla. Uh, Crash Test Dummies, of course, had the Superman song. Um, Three Doors Down had Kryptonite. And oh, and there's song. the BOC, the BOC Godzilla, which I love. Yeah, Blue Oyster Cult. And then there was things like soundtracks, like the Flash Gordon soundtrack that Queen did. Guardians of the Galaxy had a great selection of uh, music and so on. Redbone. Redbone. Yes, exactly. But that's it. This is just a very rough overview, but... It's uh, kind of cool just seeing your fans or seeing people that you you cared about. Also, of course, we should not not get through this episode without mentioning the Phantom of the Paradise, um, which uh, was the late seventies. Yeah, Paul Williams exactly as a record and again record producer kind of thing, and almost a Phantom of the Opera kind of thing because I think the main character oh, yeah. gets squished in this record making thing, and it's actually better than it sounds. It was actually oh, yeah, a, a pretty good movie. Yes, De Palma, right? Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, pr- yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, you couldn't lose with Brian De Palma in the like in the seventies. Yep, 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 yep. But that's all I got. Um, so, if Roth wants to uh, continue with uh, <laughs> what you got going on, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I thought uh, one of the ways we could wind down here is in place of usually, see Lee, we do a thing called dream casting when we're talking about a film. And what we do is we uh, we put in, you know, alternate actors that could have played in a film. But I yeah. thought what we could do in lieu of that today is come up with our all-time Galaxy All-Star Band. So you and I have thought a little bit about that. Uh, do you want to give me yours? This is a tricky thing because when you put together these, like, all-star superstar bands, like, you can take guys from certain bands and take them out of their bands, put them somewhere else, and it doesn't really work, right? Right. If I'm going to put together yes. the best band, I would probably just choose all of the 1978 Rolling Stones. Kind right. of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because if you if you take pieces of them, and, you, and say I put like Bill Wyman with Eddie yes. Van Halen, it might not work, even though they're two great guys, right? Yes, so, and that's true, because that's the whole thing about great bands, is that there's chemistry. Yeah. And it's hard to mess with that chemistry, but like we're so we'll pretend you and I are geniuses and we, we have the ability to be like Svengali's that can make it work. Pull the strings. <laughs> All right. So for drums, I would probably have to choose Charlie Watts because he's my absolute favorite musician, any instrument, definitely my favorite drummer. But the one thing about Charlie is he's not really versatile to play with like every genre of music, every band. He's got his own style, which is always going to be good. Right. So my runner up would be someone like Anton Fig who's very versatile and you can play anything, right? So I don't know, it'd be a toss up between those guys. It's hard for me not to pick Charlie on drums. As far as bass, 
my the two guys that came to mind would be either Duck Dunn, the uh, the stacks guy, Booker T, yeah. the MGs on base, or James Jamerson, the Motown guy, right? So any of those guys, yeah. either of those guys, I would pick on guitar on bass. Uh, guitarists, I'm just gonna go with a couple of my favorites, right? I thought about picking Ace Fairly because he's sci-fi, right? He he would fit probably pretty good in this galactic uh-huh. band, uh-huh. but I'd have to pick Brian Setzer, and I kind of have to pick Keith Richards. So probably those two guys, maybe Ace Fairley would fit in there. Maybe a trio. Can I get three guitars? Can I? Put yeah, <laughs> you can do what you like. Yeah, right. if we're because if we're going this galactic all star band, I gotta have Ace Fairley in there. The space, yes. yeah. Uh, keys, probably Booker T. Probably Booker T. Or, oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I had to pick a runner up of second place, probably Burton Cummings. And uh, for vocals, you say I get two vocalists, so I'm gonna pick a guy and a girl. I'm going to pick Elvis Presley, my favorite vocalist, and I'm going to pick Cindy Lauper as my favorite uh, female vocalist as the other vocalists for my galactic all-star band. Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, tr- I you know, first of all, I totally concede to what you said about, you know, the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm tr- I was trying to keep to, like, the sci-fi thing, but I think in all reality, <laughs> uh, my drummer probably wouldn't work in this case but we'll see we'll see so i started with neil parrot on drums because <laughs> i figured he could also be the lyricist you know so he'd be giving you your whatever by tour and his red barchettas and whatnot yeah, yeah. um on bass uh i had to go with boots and collins Uh, That's know. a good choice. He's very spacey. Yeah, yeah. He's got the star star glasses. Um, so I went with Bootsy, uh, and again because of my recent experience seeing him do Frankenstein live, I went with Edgar Winter on guitars, and also I think he has that weird look too. You know that like imagine like Bootsy standing in front of Edgar Winter. I mean that's just an image in itself. Yeah. Um, so I agreed with you. I I had to have uh, Ace Frehley in there as well. Uh, on guitar again, just like you know, probably the most iconic of the sci-fi uh, stage musicians. Uh, I also included uh, Eddie Hazel from from Funkadelic uh, on guitar. Um, see, this is the thing. Like, I'm thinking this is such a great band, but then I I don't know if Neil Peart can play on the one. You know, it's like he can do a lot of shit, but I don't know if he can play on the one with Bootsy and and the other guys. You know- all your guys are like space guys. Like I, I just pick kind of my favorite guys. Well, like, that's my, you know, I that... really go for like a space band. Like I'm putting together a, like the, the, the guys are going to play with the cantina band. In Moss yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's my fault for not explaining the brief a little bit better, but, um, and so Probably I threw something together too. Once you oh, finish oh, oh, up yours. Yeah, and sure. then oh, great. Great. I'm glad you did David. So I actually also not cheated by, I improvised. I added a background vocalist. And so mm-hmm. I went with Cindy Wilson from the B 52s, uh, to, to do all those high parts in the, yeah, they've uh, what's the they, uh, Planet Claire? That's what yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, so I gave you everybody except my vocalists, and I have two vocalists, and I'm not even sure how well they would mesh. I think they would have to alternate. Uh, but I had Elvis. I just, I just want. How do you not have Elvis, right? Yeah, anybody's gonna sing. You gotta have yeah. Elvis. On, and and Bowie. <laughs> I went with Ziggy Bowie. 
Um, and then I was like immediately, like, I kind of want to hear how Elvis and Bowie and and Cindy Wilson would sound together. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. I want to somehow like go mess with their their uh, DNA and, and and bring them back to have that do do a little pet cemetery action. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's me. So David, what do you have for your Galaxy All Star Band? Um, the drummer. I start with the drummer. And if you remember the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, oh yes, with uh, Edward James almost and so on. Uh-huh. When there was any battle scenes and any scenes in space, there was drumming sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. There's drumming in space. So I yeah, walked that, that drummer. Hans, that Hans Zimmer sort of thing going on. Yeah. Yes, because in Star Trek it was swoosh, swoosh, and here there's drums beating, and I thought that was brilliant. So I want that drummer from Battlestar Galactica. Now. And I don't know if it's Mad Max Fury Road, but there was this guitarist strapped to the front of a car or something yeah, like that, yeah. just playing guitar like his life depended on it. I want that guitarist. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned the Cantina band. I want Max Rebo on keyboards. I want some blue like elephant playing keyboards for me. Uh, and the <laughs> singer has to be that blue, the, the woman that's in blue, the opera singer from Fifth Element. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they mention that it's uh, the singing is the uh, Albanian opera singer Inva Mula Chako, and it's actually the character that's the voice of the actual um, diva. The person that played it was French actress Mawen Lebesco, who was then wife of Luke Besson. So, and the other close would be in the original Battlestar Galactica series, there was this woman that was, this group of women that were singing that had two mouths, if you remember that. Yeah. And Starbuck is there, and then they, with a lower voice, broke a glass. And he was thinking, oh, I've got to somehow get involved and be their manager. So, if you remember that from the original Battlestar Galactica series, maybe they could also be backup vocals. So that would be my band. Excellent. I just realized I need a theremin player too. So, um, so I was thinking Brian Jones, I was thinking Brian Jones, but Jimmy Page could, yeah. Yeah. Both, both versatile musicians. So, yeah. Hey David, you mentioned Max Rebo there. You know what I really uh, despised is when Lucas did those, uh, the special editions, he Uh, took out Lapty Neck from uh, the original version and he put in this new song musical sequence. It's awful. Like it's one of my favorite songs, Lapping Neck. Mm. Uh, Jabba's mm. Cow band, right? 
And they cut mm. that song in. They put this weird, like, Disney animated thing in there. Oh, it's garbage. I thought something was going on with that. Yeah, well, you got to have Lappy Neck. And they also removed, the. and we're talking Return of the Jedi here, the final scene where uh, they're all celebrating with the Ewoks. And they're playing that song, jump, jump, da, 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 jump, jump, da, 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 hum, ne, tune, na, punch, yeah, and they removed that song too, and they put this weird sequence where they're showing people celebrating all over the galaxy with. I thought something was going on there. Garbage, man, awful. Yeah. Well, I've got to say that obviously <laughs> well, we... Cy Snoodles. How can we forget Cy? Thanks, Lee, for yeah. that. Because Cy great, Snoodles great has... got great lips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you know, in a in a show like this, we we could not go through everything, and you would not want us to go through everything. But we know that there are certain uh, sort of obvious oversights. We didn't touch on things like Tangerine Dream and Vangelis and ELP or ELO or any of the L- other EL bands, but. Uh, yeah, we did our best uh, to cover what we could. Lee, we really want to thank you again for dropping by and, uh, you know, making your debut on Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. Hopefully we can get you back again if it wasn't too painful. But, uh, yeah, anything you want to share? Anything you want to let us know what you're doing lately or anything you want to get out there to people or how they can find you or what, what have you? This is your moment, man. Sure, cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always great to talk uh rock and roll and sci-fi speculative genre theme that's always great uh yeah so people can check out my podcast tramps like us a bruce springsteen podcast which is focused on bruce springsteen but we also do side casts called rockin and rollin and whatnot where i talk about uh you know different genres different musical artists that i love so you can find that tramps like us wherever you uh find great podcasts and if you're inclined to check out some of my music that's my main passion some of the music i do easiest place to do is that is uh, moonviolet.com which will link you to my uh, Facebook page for all my music endeavors you can check out some stuff there and specifically I encourage you to check out my new release well my latest release Train to Heartbreak which I recorded at uh, Sun Studio in Memphis Tennessee and that was a great thrill so you can check out that video on YouTube Train to Heartbreak by Lee McCormick where you can see uh, you know a little video of clips of me recording that at the legendary Sun Studio where Billy Lee Riley and his little green, green men recorded Flying Saucer Rock and Roll back in the uh, late 50s there. Incredible. And yeah, yeah the, so the, the 45 is still available to buy, right? Yeah, you can get it and contact me via the uh, the link there, moonviolet.com. And I think the uh, if you look at the, the YouTube video, there's some uh, contact details there in the, in the uh, comment section. Excellent. And I, I will definitely, uh, I want to give a testimonial for Tramps Like Us, too. It's been one of my favorite uh, uh, podcasts for the past five years. Whenever, like, you can't lose. Like, there's so much there. There's If you like music at all, you're going to find something you love on that show. You and I did an episode as well, right, Troy? We talked about yeah. the, uh, some of the Springsteen references with Stephen King books and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and I got to relive my uh, sort of watching Bruce do his uh, sound check at the gardens. Yeah, and, yeah. River. River yeah. Tour. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, sure. But Lee, thank you so much for being our guest. Um, that was great. Um, and that's our Galactic Rock episode. Okay, you can check us uh, out on all our socials. Um, our uh, Facebook page is really happening. Uh, please give us some feedback. Uh, we're Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi on Facebook. Our website is two numeric two of dot ca, and uh, p- perhaps we still have a, a Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> Twitter account. I have to double check on that. It's been a while. Uh, but do all of the uh, the liking and subscribing and friend telling, please, because uh, we love you and we would like to uh, have more to love. Um, that's that's it from me. Well, I am David Kling. And I am Troy Roth Harkin. See you all for our next episode of Two Old Farts. Talk sci-fi.